Welcome to America's Retirement Headquarters, home of the Retirement Guys Formula and America's Medicare Associates. Securities offered through Peak Brokerage Services, LLC. Advisory services offered through the Retirement Guys Formula. Registered Investment Advisor, America's Retirement Headquarters, America's Medicare Associates, and the Retirement Guys Formula are separate and independent entities from Peak Brokerage Services, LLC. Thank you so much for joining us here on and welcome you into America's Retirement Headquarters, home of the Retirement Guys Formula and America's Medicare Associates with Nolan Baker and Scott Kirshner and myself. My name is Chris Vaughn. Really do appreciate you taking the time. Here's how you reach out. 419-794-3030. That's the phone number. 419-794-3030. Always online. America's Retirement Headquarters.com. On today's show, would you move to another state to save on taxes? We've got a list of the most common hazards that a retirement plan planner can face. And should you support an adult child at the cost of your own financial future? All this and then during our Committed to the 419 segment, we're going to be joined by Kathy Mull, the executive director of The Cocoon. Looking forward to that. All this and more. But first, let me check in with the guys. Nolan, Scott, as always, glad to be with you. How are we today? Uh, doing great. Yeah, another great week. Uh, starting to cool off a little bit here in Northwest Ohio. I know uh, last weekend I uh, took the kids from Scouts out to Lake Erie. We tried to do a little perch fishing last weekend. So it was uh, almost like uh, Lieutenant Dan out there with <laughs> the weather. It was cold. Water's just splashing all over us and kids. And the fish weren't biting. But, hey, you know, oh. I tell them uh, the memories are made in days like that. It's not the days that are sunny that are out there. I know uh, we just also recently finished an event where Scott was uh, teaching about the Medicare and the, the annual enrollment period. Uh, appreciate roughly the 150 people that came out to that event. If Medicare is something that you're looking for, if you're, you know, again, 64, 65, this is the time of year to take a look at your mm -hmm. options. Um, I'd encourage you to make sure if you haven't uh, got a second opinion, you want to talk to somebody that's an independent professional, America's Medicare Associates and Scott. Um, you can talk to him individually or always online if you go out and take a look at the website, uh, America's Retirement Headquarters. Click on the Events tab. We've got more Medicare events coming up. We've also got the Baby Boomers Basic class that we're going to be teaching over at uh, Bowling Green State University. It's at the Levis Commons campus in Perrysburg. Uh, so if you want to grab a seat to that, if you're looking to get prepared for retirement. And last, uh, we also have coming up uh, a great way to celebrate Veterans Day. We've got our fifth annual chili cook-off. Uh, of course, our company is a sponsor of that Hooves event. Uh, the chili cook-off craft beer tasting is November 2nd uh, from 6 to 10 p.m. It's over at the Bunker Bar on Eber Road. We're going to be uh, enjoying some all-you-can-eat chili, some regional craft beers, and, you know, a rowdy foot-stomping band, all for an admiral cause, which is helping the suicidal veterans turn their lives around and create that blueprint for life. So if you want to get more information about that, you can visit hooves.us. So lots of things going on for me, Scott. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it was, um, uh, I do want to personally thank each and everyone uh, that attended my uh, my event it was actually uh, we had such a great turnout that we ended up uh, opening up a fourth day it was actually held at the uh, red lobster so i ate red lobster four days in a row <laughs> sounds like a great week yeah, yeah it Not was bad. a great week you know i and the, the great thing was we had like four or five things on the menu so i tried a different one each time and uh, looking forward to the chili cook-off um i'm going to be a uh judge so that means i get to eat a lot of chili 
Yeah, I don't know. It's just me. It's a glutton or, or I don't know. But um, uh, sorry you had such a bad uh, fishing trip. Uh, the weather was horrible for that. But uh, it's building fun times and relationships with the young guys and the scouts. So that's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Making those memories is really what it's all about. And that's what it's all about in retirement as well. And so you want to make sure that, you know, you don't spend your retirement worrying about the ups and downs of the market, whether uh, your plan or lack thereof is going to go the distance. So americasretirementheadquarters.com, that is how you reach out to the guys. That is how you find out about these upcoming events, whether it's the Medicare workshop or the Baby Boomer Basics workshop, to start developing that plan to uh, begin to create those memories with your loved ones. Again, americasretirementheadquarters.com or give a call, 419-794-3030. Let's go ahead and jump into the show here, guys. Inflation shows no sign of letting up, and the Federal Reserve is likely going to raise interest rates again in a couple weeks to try and rein it in. But economist Mohammed El Arian tells CBS News that at this point, the Fed is really just trying to save face. There is a possibility that the Federal Reserve makes another mistake. That is the cost of the Federal Reserve being late. Not only does it have to overcome inflation, but it has to restore its credibility. So, yes, I fear that we risk a very high probability of a damaging recession that was totally avoidable. Now, these are all things that we can't control. We don't have control over that. What we can do is limit what a recession does to a retirement portfolio. So what is uh, your strategy at this point? Well, I think, you know, first of all, people need to take a deep breath and realize where we're at in the market cycle. Uh, they need to think about the fact that the market is making decisions based upon where it thinks things are going to be uh, in a year from now. So, you know, when they're talking about the recession and the fears that are out there, you know, the market's already taking these things into consideration. That's not to say in this type of environment, it's not a good time to make smart decisions about what to do. And, you know, what you want to do is you want to look at repositioning your assets that can benefit from higher interest rates. Uh, I had a conversation earlier this week where somebody had come in. Uh, she was concerned, rightfully so. She said, you know, I think for the next two years we're in trouble. And, uh, you know, when she looks at the market and she was talking about, I just, you know, want to stop the bleeding, so to say. Sure. And, and I can appreciate that because it's painful when you see investment accounts go down. You know, one of the mistakes that an investor oftentimes will make is they will let the market go down, their accounts go down in value. Then they'll go to something that, you know, feels safe you know, making a decision because they feel like they're, you know, out of control. They can't control the stock market. So by moving their money to something safe, you know, it feels like it puts them back in control and they're going to wait till things get better. But, you know, what happens in that situation is you only lock in your losses and then you put yourself in a situation where you have no opportunity to benefit if and when prices come back up. So, you know, she may be right, she may be wrong, whether the next two years are gonna be painful or not. What you need to do as an investor is really look at making sure that you can reposition your portfolio to benefit from higher interest rates. If you're concerned about the downturn of the market, take steps to limit your losses, but you know, don't put yourself in a situation so when the market recovers, you can't participate in gains. A couple of great examples that we've been talking about on this show is government I-bonds. You know, through the end of this month, the rate is 9.62%. The inflation factor just came out. It was actually higher than expected, which, mm -hmm. you know, caused another panic in Wall Street. If you haven't set up a government I-bond account, it's 9.62% is, again, what the current rate is directly from the United States Treasury Department. 
higher money market rates. I looked at the, the Charles Schwab using that as an example. Uh, on October 13th, their rate on their money market account was nearly 3%. Mm. So look at what you're getting on your checking, your savings, your money market accounts that you have today. You know, shop around. If you're not getting 3%, those type of rates that are out there today. Also, things like fixed annuity rates, those rates have ranged and started to go up quite a bit because of the rise in interest rates. You can see fixed index annuity rates anywhere from 3 to 5% for, you know, three to five year type of accounts. Those are good things to take a look at. Next thing is, is you've got mortgage rates at, uh, you know, record high, you know, 20 year record highs, you know, quickly in that 7% range. Be careful when you're thinking about the debt that you're taking on as a consumer, uh, whether it's a car loan, credit card, you know, a possible mortgage, be conscious of what the impact of that is. And really, my best advice is uh, be debt free and eliminate debt as much as possible. And Scott, I think another thing to do is to review your medical expenses. We had recently met with a lady mm -hmm. who uh, Connie had talked about the paying $120 a month for her supplemental coverage. And you know, that may or may not be the right choice for her. But again, now during open enrollment, she has the opportunity to look at things in her medical expenses. I really see this turn in the um, in the consumer purchasing of Medicare, uh, these supplemental versus uh, Advantage plans. And um, you know, I spoke with several people last week, and almost every one of them are looking at saving money somehow you know when you look at you go to the grocery store inflation rates are just out of control and these people are really getting pinched and um, you know a lot of people are asking me well why are these advantage plans so popular now and uh, you know what 28 years experience I, I, I very simply tell them people are looking to cut some cost here right you can get an advantage plan with a zero premium so when we did speak with Connie, you know, I was telling her, you know, you're paying $120 a month for your supplement, plus you're paying for a prescription plan, which is going to be somewhere between $10 to $15 a month. And if you want dental and vision, it's another 40 bucks a month. So at the end of the day, you're paying $175 a month before you even get out of bed, right? Well, if you're healthy, you can eliminate all of that by choosing an Advantage plan with a zero premium and only paying for services that you use. Uh, I really feel with the cost, uh, you know, Medicare is coming down this year. Uh, believe it or not, um, uh, the Medicare Part B premium is dropping about a gallon of gasoline cost of $5.20 this year, right, or in 2023. So there is a little bit of relief there. but. People are still trying to uh, um, save some money, and the way to do that is to make sure that you review your plan. You know, like Nolan, you mentioned, we are in the annual enrollment period. This is the period where you want to do a, a review of your current plan. Uh, if you've got a plan where your premiums are growing up, I, I spoke with someone um, this past week, and they were up to $175 a month. Uh, she was 72 years old, $175 a month for her supplement and her prescription. Going with an Advantage plan, she's going to save roughly $2,500 a year, and she's healthy, right? So it's important to get those reviews. If your advisor is not doing that today, uh, you are probably with the wrong advisor. Uh, I'd be happy to help anyone go through uh, your Medicare. Um, it's just another way to kind of cut those costs and kind of limit uh, your your month-to-month -month expenses. And perhaps even shifting your plan, you know, may, you might like the Medicare plan that you're already on, you know, mm -hmm. this year, but formularies change, your medications change, you may find out that your doctor is no longer in network. And that would be a, a horrible thing to find out come January after the election period has already happened. So 
go ahead and do the work right now. Sit down and schedule a time and, and speak with Scott. Review what your options are. There may be a better plan out there for you, something that's going to uh, cost you a little less down the line. Or uh, you may find out that you're, you're in the right plan. You want to go and stay right. the course for this year, but that's that's a good thing to know and, and go and cross it off your list, right? You know, sometimes we don't make any changes at all. You know, the plan that you have is the best plan moving forward, and that's okay. But you never know unless you uh, sit down and do do that review because, um, you know, I've got people that say, you know what, I just don't have the time, and I've had this plan for 15 years. Uh, they don't know what they don't know. Exactly. I think it's time well spent, and it's not going to cost you anything but that time. Schedule a time to speak with Scott, speak with the team at America's Medicare Associates, or the team at America's Retirement Headquarters. Give a call, 419-794-3030 or online, americasretirementheadquarters.com. Make sure you control what you can control. Start developing that proper plan today. NFL wide receiver Tyreek Hill had a choice between joining the New York Jets or the Miami Dolphins, and he almost, almost chose New York. You know what? It was very close to happening, man. But it's just those state taxes, man. You know, I realized, you know, I, I had to make a grown-up decision. And, you know, here I am in, in the great city of Miami. You know, great weather, great people. So here I am. Hill selected the Dolphins because playing in Florida would save him about $2.7 million in state and local taxes. Not too bad. Now we, uh, now we know why a lot of retirees actually moved to Florida. How can you lower a retiree's tax burden if your client doesn't want to, you know, pick up and, and move somewhere? Well, I guess uh, it depends on where you look at in Florida right now with, of course, that terrible hurricane that went through. I, you know, talked to a handful of people that maybe uh, were impacted by that and had some flooding and other people that got lucky. You know, right. that's how things happen. Uh, but in general, I love Florida. Yeah. Uh, I go down there as much as I possibly can and, you know, love going down and putting my feet in the sand. And, you know, not only is it, you know, good in this time of year to go somewhere that's warm and comfortable, it's nice to be able to be in a place that uh, you can save on taxes and, you know, I think oftentimes people ask that question, why would my taxes be higher in retirement time is a common question. If you think about the conventional wisdom, people were taught to save and invest in tax deferred retirement accounts, you know, the 401ks, the IRAs, the 403bs, and they were taught that when they retired, their tax rate would be lower. And what many retirees oftentimes find out is that's not really the case. You know, ultimately, there's two systems of taxation. It's one for the informed and one for the uninformed. You know, deferring taxes on retirement account can be a tax time bomb, and it's something that really you, you kind of want to address head on. You know, think about going home and you have a, a, a leak in your sink, mm -hmm. and you just, you know, close the, the doors and say, you know, I'll look at that later. Right. We know that problem's not going to get any better. We know with, you know, what has gone on with our national debt and the continued spending that we have that tax rates very well could be higher. Uh, for those people that are maybe five years before retirement, uh, or even those of you that are in retirement, proactive tax planning can make a big difference. I know right now we're meeting with a lot of people and we're looking for ways by going through the tax saver checklist on how to save money uh, on different things. For example, oftentimes, Scott, people pay taxes on money that they don't need, mm -hmm. you know, just letting that money build up and paying taxes on it. It really could be a costly mistake. What you really want to consider doing is looking at ways to move that money over into what I would consider to be tax-free accounts. Uh, there's, you know, whether it's municipal bonds, it could be tax-free life insurance, it could be um, Roth IRAs, other vehicles that are out there. Something else, uh, we're going to talk here in a little bit about what's called our Committed to the 419 segment. And during that segment, we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, the impact of 
people and organizations that are doing good things in the community with Kathy Mull, the executive director of Cocoon. But as we've had so many different times on the show, there's so many great organizations here that people want to make a difference for sure. and they want to do things. Uh, for those of you who are over the age 72 and you have a retirement account, you know, if you don't know yet, what you need to know is that with your required minimum distribution, you may have the ability to donate that money directly to a charity. And considering using your IRA to make those donations does two good things. Number one is it keeps it off that taxpayer's sure. taxes, keeping mm -hmm. their tax rate lower. And number two is it gets 100% of the money to the charitable organization versus having it come to the account owner, they pay taxes on it, then you're at 70 cents on the dollar. You can do better and make more of a difference helping you know save your money in taxes in retirement time. Another area that is a big one is people not understanding and not knowing about the potential benefits of things like contributing to a Roth IRA. Exactly. And or doing a Roth conversion and maybe looking at paying some taxes. I had met with a, a couple earlier this week. We did some preliminary analysis. Now I must say that I'm not a CPA. You always wanna seek the advice of a qualified tax professional before you make any tax decisions. But what I looked at is they had about $35,000 that they could convert over to a Roth IRA and be able to stay in the 12% tax bracket. Now, just again, like what I just said, they're gonna go back and sit down with their CPA and take a look at that. But before the end of the year, what they can do is they can take some of their stocks that are down in value, convert it over at these lower tax rates and take advantage of some of the potentially tax-free growth in the Roth IRA. One that catches people off guard is the social security tax. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are not aware that when you get into retirement time, our country has two systems of taxation. One for us that are working every day, but the second is for retirees. So not only sure. is probably the greatest generation alive out there in retirement time, they get to pay the same type of taxes that we pay ordinary income, but then they also have a secondary tax that they pay on social security. And people are like, well, how does that work? I paid social security my whole life. You mean they're gonna turn around and tax me on it? Yes, if you have a certain level of income, they're gonna consider you to be wealthy. And not only can you pay provisional ordinary income tax, you can also end up paying social security tax. But smart strategies that are available can help reduce the amount of taxes and help you know a retiree pay less in taxes. Scott, I know in your situation, one of the other things that can be one of these snowballs or double whammy effects is the fact that your taxable income can end up creating higher costs for you for healthcare. Absolutely, that's it's actually going to affect those that are under 65 on um, whether you're on the Unaffordable Care Act or over 65 on Medicare. Uh, on Medicare, your Part B premium could be significantly higher if you have, you know, a large income based on uh, two years look back, right? I mean, your premium, the standard premium for 2023 for Medicare Part B is 164.90, right? But if you're earning 250 to maybe 400,000, you could be paying almost $450 a month for Part B based on a two-year look back. So uh, one way to combat that, and it's kind of the same with the under 65, is uh, if you take income, and need income, getting 
close to retirement out of a Roth IRA, it does not count as reportable income for uh, your health insurance premium. You could have a lower income, which would increase your premium tax credit, in turn reducing your premium. I know that's kind of an up and a down and an up and a down, but you know the important thing is to make sure that you understand what's reportable income and what's not, whether it's on uh, you know the the marketplace plan or um, over sixty five and on Medicare. You know, one of the tools that a lot of people use is a health savings account. I'm not talking about a flexible spending. There are flexible spending accounts out there, and I'm not talking about an HRA, which is a health reimbursement account. I'm talking about a health savings account. You can put money into a health savings account and get 100% tax write-off on that money that you put in there. Uh, so that's a way of maximizing some tax write-offs to lower your, your income, your uh, taxable income. That money can be used to pay for medical expenses when you are on Medicare. You know, that's your money. So one, th one big question I have is, well, what if I sign up for Medicare and I am contributing to an HSA? If you sign up for Medicare, then you can no longer contribute to an HSA. So uh, a scenario would be very simply this. Let's say that you're working past 65, you have an employer-sponsored health plan, but you're thinking about signing up for Medicare. If you're contributing to an HSA, don't sign up for Medicare because you will no longer be able to contribute into that HSA. You know, so there are some rules and regulations to doing so, and uh, I can help you out with those. But, you know, a lot of people, I've got some claims that got forty, fifty, sixty thousand $60,000 sitting in an HSA account, which was 100% taxed right off when they put that money in there. And they can pull that money out for medical expenses tax-free. Um, so, like you said, Nolan, you know, understanding the tax ramifications and how to uh, uh, manipulate that is, is always a good thing. And, and um, we, we here can help you navigate through that. There's a pretty significant difference between tax mitigation and tax avoidance. Tax avoidance, for the record, is illegal. Don't do that. But, you know, minimizing the amount that you have to pay, that, that you legally have to pay, not just going with uh, the rules as written, knowing them and then, and then knowing how to work them in your favor because obviously, you know, he who makes the rules, well, it, who do you think it's benefiting the most? If you just go with the status quo, that is fine, but there is a better way. And I think it kind of goes without saying the less you're paying out to the government, the more money you get to keep towards your retirement. The The two-year look back on, on Medicare premiums is yet another example of why starting the retirement planning process a couple years before you're actually going to retire, you know, not, not six months beforehand, can really benefit you and being able to use all these rules to your favor. So again, if you're in your 50s, if you're in your early 60s, even if you are, uh, you know, going to be retiring in 2023, you have that circled, all the more reason, honestly, to start developing that retirement plan. And to do so, give a call, 419-794-3030 is the phone number. Or if you prefer, you can go online to americasretirementheadquarters.com. We're all enjoying autumn, but the season also brings driving hazards like rain and wet leaves, deer, earlier sunsets, and increased school bus activity. So what are the top hazards that can challenge a retirement plan as people enter into the, the autumn of their working career? See what I did there. Uh, and how can you help navigate around them? 
there's definitely so many different risks I think to take a look at for people that are, you know, moving into retirement time and, you know, some good ideas and strategies on how to kind of try to address some of those. One of the probably the biggest one that's out there is what I would refer to as longevity risk. Sure. You know, in, in so many surveys that are out there, one of the biggest fears that a retiree has is outliving their income. And, you know, that really makes sense when you think about it. Nobody's going to be able to predict how long you're going to be able to live. You know, people at the age 65 have a high probability of spending 20 plus years in retirement time. And, you know, as the lifespan continues to increase, some are going to spend more time in retirement than they spent working. Um, you know, in the good old days, if I go back to like my grandparents' generation, what usually happened is you went and you, you worked for a company and then you had a strong pension that mm -hmm. provided a solid, reliable income that would normally cover both like the husband and spouse forever. And if they saved a little bit of uh, money and they had some money for some fun stuff like vacations and travel, you know, life was good. Right. right. And, you know, being that I'm 46 and, you know, from my generation and younger, what's happened is, you know, pensions have gone by the wayside. And nowadays you have to save for yourself and build your own retirement. And that's what creates a lot of uncertainty. And then you have years like today or this year where the market has been a little bit, you know, crazy and people are looking at their values of their 401ks and saying, wow, my 401k is now a 201k. <laughs> right. They're like, do I have enough to address that longevity risk? There is ways to address it. So there are uh, what are called annuity contracts. Again, annuity, uh, there can be good and bad, but annuities are ways to address longevity. Uh, there are certain types of an annuity that can provide uh, a lifetime of income, all set up for different benefits. Uh, number two, probably the biggest number two that's going on this year is inflation. You know, we didn't really have inflation as a hot topic until this year. And now we've seen inflation roar back and it really can erode your savings and impact your lifestyle. You know, the longer you spend in retirement, the greater its potential impact. You know, it's important to develop an income strategy that can outpace inflation and, and keep up with the increasing cost of goods and services. And I know, Scott, you know, inflation has been something that seems like your field has had a lot uh, because it seems to me like healthcare costs year after year have gone up. But even more so this year with retirees, you know, they have a fixed income and now sure. grocery costs are higher, energy costs are higher. You know, I, I heard the cost of heating your home is going to go up dramatically Absolutely. this winter too. So inflation is another big impact. Yeah, you know, it really hits all aspects of, of life. You know, um, I had a car that uh, my, my truck went back on lease here and um, I was in a market for new and uh, vehicle and the exact same thing I had two years later has a $6,000 higher uh, price tag to it. Um, and that really impacts a lot of people, you know, because even uh, whether it's health care, whether it's gas, whether it's food, you know, I, I heard a, a report where uh, somebody was saying, yes, we still can afford to go to the grocery store, but it has drastically impacted, uh, you know, our monthly uh, food or uh, shopping list and that or, uh, cost. Um, Healthcare is another one of those. It's not immune to these uh, high high costs. You know these these companies. The cost of doing business in general. But when you look at X-rays and you look at MRIs and you go to the doctor and the supplies, because you have to you have to remember, when you go to the doctor and they're doing given a shot or they're doing um, uh, drawn blood or anything that they're doing, the supplies that they're using are costing them far more. So what are they going to do to recoup some of that 
increased cost to them is to increase the cost to you. If you don't have the right plan and you have you know, out-of-pocket expenses like, uh, you know, to cover all of these items, you're going to be paying more for your health care cost as well. Uh, so n nothing's really immune to the uh, inflation cost. It really does. It, it all adds up. And I'd say the other big risk for retirees is withdrawal strategy, you know. Looking at the rate at which you draw down your savings and investments to pay for, you know, your current living expenses in retirement can play a critical role in determining how long your income is going to last. You know, a retiree has to figure out, do I withdraw from my taxable accounts first? Do I take from my tax deferred accounts? Do I take from my Roth IRA? And just as you pointed out, the decision that you make on that not only impacts how long those accounts last, it impacts things like what your health care expenses and costs are going to be. Uh, the golden rule, taking out 4% a year as a safe withdrawal rate is, you know, what's been around for a long time. Is that true in a market like today? If you have all of your money in the market uh, and your stock and bond portfolio are both down this year, you're forced to sell in a declining market, you're actually accelerating the risk of outliving your money. So figuring out, you know, with your withdrawal strategy, and, and that's quite frankly why we've created what I call the independent income system. So the independent income system is our belief and methodology of how to take and address the risk associated with retirement and develop a plan that somebody that's close to or in retirement time can finally understand developing a purpose for how to have enough reliable income. You know, what type of investments might be the right ones to look at for current income? How to put money aside for designed to give you pay raise and what type of accounts are best for that? What do you do for your long-term care? And how do you make your lazy assets get up and go to work every day if you're gonna be retired, not going to work, and then using that to put a shield over top of your assets so if you have some type of long-term care, then you can avoid having your life savings wiped out because of an unexpected health care crisis. And finally, looking at efficiently planning your estate and kind of putting it all together. Again, that's our process. It's called the independent income system. If you want to know more about the threats and opportunities that are facing today's retirees, the independent income system, if you Google that, we'll talk more about what those threats and opportunities are with uh, some good strategies on what you can do right now with getting your plan updated for this time frame and this economy. So Nolan, I do have a question for you because we talk a lot about Social Security and what's the you know the the best time to draw Social Security, and I know that one of the questions is always, um, you know, do you have good genes, right? Do you have um, um, a good chance to outlive uh, taking it early, and you know. Do you do that when you sit down with a client to figure out their retirement planning for their, their investments? You know, circling back to number one on your list there was longevity. Do you look at that as well? I mean, if they've got, uh, you know, grandma and mom and dad and grandpa all live to be in their mid-90s, that's got to come into play, too, when you sit down with a client. Is that right? I do. I think that's, you know, a really important question. I talk to people when they come into my office all the time. And, you know, what sometimes I'll hear is I'll hear the guy say, you know, hey, nobody in my family lived past age 75, so I'm just going to take it while sure. I can. You know, the the challenge is, is we think about longevity. People are living a lot longer today mm -hmm. than maybe what our grandparents did. 
Um, in addition to that, I would say the, the best strategy to think about is not betting on when I'm going to die. It's betting on how long you're going to live sure. and betting that you're going to live for the long run. Right. You know, last thing you want to do is make a decision that says, hey, I'm going to spend all my money because I'm not going to live past age 75. And then all of a sudden you're sitting across the table from your financial advisor at age 76 and you're out of money. So when you're looking at that, you want to develop a plan based upon that money's going to last a long time, not making decisions where, in this example, when you take Social Security, you're facing a lifetime penalty for drawing early. So another big risk, uh, I think, when people are deciding what is a good withdrawal strategy. You know, it's it's hard to tell. Nobody really knows. And like you said, I'm, I'm betting on you living and let's not run our money in 76, sitting here wondering, what are we going to do? Yeah, and I think the last one that I'd hit on is, you know, when we're talking about what are the risks associated with retirement is what is called sequence of return risk. So sequence of a return risk is something that people that are, again, within five years of retirement or just moving into retirement really need to pay attention to. It's this type of an environment that, you know, can catch people off guard. And what sequence of return risk is talking about is, you know, the order and the timely of poor investment returns and how they can have a big impact on how long your retirement savings last. And if we look at it, a lot of people will set up what's called a pro rata withdrawal, meaning they'll sell off a little bit of their investments each and every month from their stock market or bond account, maybe from their variable annuity. But if you have a year like this year where the market's going down, what happens is you're forced to sell off more and more of your uh, same shares to get the same amount of income, you're negative compounding in your account, you're accelerating the risk of outliving your money. You know, when I served in the Marine Corps, one of the things that they taught us is always have a backup plan, sure. have a plan B in place. So if you're listening, you need to have a backup plan in place, make sure that you have money set aside for those down years in a market, uh, and also utilizing things like circuit breakers so you don't go significantly down. Because that sequence of return is another big risk that people need to learn about when they're looking at the different risks associated with retirement. And of course, we can't control when the markets are going to see their ups and their downs as it pertains to your retirement. But as we've said many times here on the show, it is all about controlling what you can control, have a plan in place. Go ahead and take a look at the independent income system. Just Google it. It's one of the, it's the top result there. Uh, you can also find out more about it on the website, americasretirementheadquarters.com. And while you're there, you can go ahead and schedule a time to speak with the guys, with the team at the Retirement Guys Formula, America's Medicare Associates. Start controlling what you can control with a proper plan. americasretirementheadquarters.com or give a call 419-794-3030. This is America's Retirement Headquarters, home of the Retirement Guys Formula and America's Medicare Associates with Nolan Baker and Scott Kirshner and special guest Kathy Mull, executive director of the Cocoon as we uh, bring in our welcome committed to the 419 segment. So, Kathy, thanks for joining us, and uh, welcome to the show. Guys, I'll let you take it away. Yeah, it's great to have you here. You know, obviously, we always try to uh, talk about different companies and organizations that are, you know, doing great things uh, within the community here. And, you know, protecting your family, I think, is one of the things that has always been important for what we talk about here. You know, we oftentimes talk about the financial aspect of it. We talk about the health care, talk about planning. Uh, but, you know, Kathy, the executive director over the Cocoon, you know, has uh, an opportunity to, to see things maybe from a little different light. We wanted to share a little bit of, about that. Maybe, Kathy, if we started out, could you give us a little bit of a background regarding the Cocoon? Yes, absolutely. And I just want to say thank you so much for letting me be here today to talk about that. Um, So the Cocoon is 
um, Wood County's Domestic and Sexual Violence Agency. Um, I'm really happy to share that we just celebrated 17 years of providing services to survivors right here in the community. And our goal is, is to provide an opportunity um, for survivors to get access to the resources um, and, the, and the safety that they need to take care of themselves and their, and their family. Um, and so we serve survivors of domestic violence, we serve survivors of sexual assault, sex trafficking, stalking, um, and then we also do some work with um, individuals who are maybe experiencing sexual harassment, um, and also um, what we call um, adult survivors of childhood sexual abuse. And so those are individuals um, who unfortunately experienced sexual abuse as a child, and now as an adult are in a place where they want to start thinking about the healing process. If we look at it, you know, I think in Northwest Ohio, you know, what type of uh, need are we seeing here locally? We have continuously over the last several years seen the need, seen the need um, to support survivors in our community grow. Um, you know, as an example, just last year, um, we served 818 survivors of domestic and sexual violence um, that are right here in our own community. Um, you know, with those are our neighbors, they're our friends, they're our coworkers, um, you know, they're, they're all people that we, that we know um, who are suffering um, at the hands of an abuser. The year before that, we served 700 and 47 survivors um, and so we've, we've definitely seen an increase in need um, for individuals in our community you know I would think that um, uh, over the past 17 years the the definitions have changed drastically in uh, domestic violence but bullying um, mm -hmm. and you know because we have social media now and and you know there's all kinds of different levels um, all of them are very impactful to the individual and the opposite end of that. How have you seen things change since you've been involved in this? Yeah, absolutely. That's an excellent question. Um, you know, I was one of the things that I was sharing just this morning is, is that, you know, the last two years we have seen more children entering into services, um, whether they're entering into services on their own. So we're seeing more teens being affected sure. by dating violence, um, unfortunately by you know sexual assault, sexual harassment, um, and that we have also served more children in our shelter facility um, in the la as a matter of fact last year you know we had 30 children that were residing in our in our shelter facility and so we've seen the needs to increase support to children's um, growing almost exponentially over the last couple of years and I think that that's coupled with um, you know the effects of COVID over the last sure. few years I think you're absolutely right you know we've seen an increase in bullying that's happening um, and and social media unfortunately has created um, a great platform Mm -hmm. um, you know, we talk a lot about, you know, we, we've all experienced bullying at some point. You know, we all grew up, we all had that experience, um, but you could come home and hopefully come home to a safe haven, right? So sure. if the bullying's happening at school, it's happening out, you know, with your kids in the neighborhood, you come home and you have a safe haven. The children that we work with, typically they don't have that that they're not coming home mm -hmm. to a place that is you know, that's safe as it should be. And also social media runs 24 seven. Mm -hmm. So you're not getting away from it. And so we, we're starting to, I think, really see the long-term effects of that. Anybody that knows me today would, would say there's no way. But when I was in high school, I was tiny. I was very, very little. And um, I remember back in those days, bullying was truly def defined as physical bullying. Mm -hmm. You know, someone picking on you, you know, poking you, punching you, tripping you, things like that. But I think the definitions have changed so drastically today that uh, it's not 
confined to just the physical bullying. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, we see that in bullying, and we talk about that a lot when we talk about domestic violence. Um, you sure. know, the first thing that people tend to think about when they think about domestic violence is physical assault. Right. Like, that's the first picture that comes to mind. Um, and really what we know is, is that, you know, the majority of um, abuse that we see that happens in domestic violence situations is emotional, it's verbal, it's financial. Um, and, and typically those are the things that are going to happen more often um, and, and much more throughout the relationship than what we actually see is the physical violence that's occurring. Everybody has a need to, to make sure, like you said, going home to that safe haven and having that place at home to um, know that you're going to be safe is very, very important. Are you talking about, you know, since you've been involved in the organization, kind of the changes that you've seen over the years? And I would completely agree with that, you know, with social media. I mean, even with what we do with our Facebook page, our YouTube, you know, it's just amazing what some of the people are willing to say on the Internet, <laughs> you know, behind a keyboard and, and, you know, how people act today. But flash forward a little bit more recent, you know, one of the things that I do is I talk with oftentimes folks about transitioning from their working years into retirement years. So, you know, somebody had got up and they'd gone to work, say, from nine to five uh, every day for, their, you know, five days a week and did that for 30 years. Now they retire and all of a sudden they're both at home, mm -hmm. both in the same environment. You know, I've seen clients be like, well, he's going to have to volunteer somewhere. <laughs> he's better get the golf clubs out and go play golf more. And, you know, a lot of the guys like that. But if we think about what you know recently happened with covid we we kind of saw that same impact with you know everything was working just fine and then all of a sudden boom an immediate major shock to the system where we couldn't go outside you know we were really kind of locked in what you know what did your organization see as the impact from what happened with covid mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's not uncommon. Um, and, you know, as, as we were learning more and more about COVID in its early stages, um, advocates, um, you know, we really started to think about how that was going to impact the work that we're doing because it's pretty common that any time that we face any sort of natural disaster or, you know, something like the pandemic, violence rates go up in general. Um, and unfortunately, what we did as is in trying to, and I think that, you know, it was it was well-intentioned in trying to curb the COVID-19 pandemic is that we isolated people into their own homes. Um, and so when we talk about domestic violence, um, the two things um, that really allow domestic violence to happen in relationships is isolation and control. Um, and so we pretty much, in a sense, took homes where there was already violence occurring and we put people together 24-7 with no ability to be able to escape. And what we've seen is, is that the incidents of violence in homes have, have escalated and the level of violence in homes have escalated. Um, and as a matter of fact, you know, in March of 2020, our domestic violence calls went up 40% in just that first month um, because there was much more opportunities for that violence and control to happen. Because you're right, everybody was together 24-7. The kids were home. Um, and so, you know, that adds another layer of, of stress in the family. Um, and, you know, what we also were seeing is, is that, you know, if I was an offender of domestic violence and I was choosing to use violence, but I knew that my partner was going to get up and go to work in the morning or I knew that my partner was going to go out, you know, to the grocery store or whatever that was, I might have been a little bit more careful about leaving visible, visible marks or I might have not necessarily felt the need to use a severe violence. But when I knew as an offender, now all of a sudden nobody's watching, um, it really has unfortunately increased the violence that we have been seeing in our families. And we've stayed not quite that high, but we've stayed at a pretty escalated level of need for survivors in our community since then. Yeah, I mean, I think just with people I see, I think, you know, society's kind of changed a little bit since yeah. COVID and how There's things no work today. And, yeah. 
if you're somebody that's in that type of situation that's suffering from some type of you know violence or maybe if you think you know somebody is you know what's the best step somebody should do in that situation whether you know they are a victim or whether they think they might know somebody who's a victim yeah and that isolation piece is the first thing you really want to break with a survivor of domestic violence and so you know, we always encourage that if yeah if you are concerned about somebody in your life who might be experiencing domestic violence um, to check on them to find whatever ways that you can to reach out and say you know are you okay I'm concerned about you. Do you need something? Um, because it's, it's creating that opportunity for that person to share um, about, you know, violence that they're experiencing, abuse that they're experiencing, and at least know that there's somebody um, who they can go to if they need something. Um, and then we really suggest then, you know, following up with how can I help you? Um, you know, what it is it that you need at this particular time that I can help with? And then getting them connected to their local resources. Um, so, you know, whether that's us at Cocoon or whether that's, you know, their local their local agency. Um, but the, the, the more that we can ask the questions, try to break that isolation and give somebody a safe person to go to, um, the more likely we are to have, give them the opportunity to start thinking about making some changes. I would find that a lot of people would be embarrassed by it. Mm -hmm. They don't want people to know. You know, you're not going to go to the office and start blabbering around telling everybody this. And, mm -hmm. and you know, I'm ashamed that I let it get like this and I don't know what to do. Uh, I think that breaking that mm -hmm. would allow them to come in and get help and, and, and seek treatment and, and guidance and even talk to that somebody. Um, do you find that that is a big hurdle? I mean, that's got to be a huge hurdle. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we, we just um, did an event last night um, where we were really talking about um, the impact that what we call victim blaming has sure. on survivors reaching out and asking for help. Um, and it was very interesting because it was very similar to this conversation that we were just having, um, is that we like to think that we're now sitting in 2022, that the level of victim blaming in, um, that has, has reduced dramatically. And the reality is, is that it hasn't. Um, you know, we are still start conversations with saying, why didn't you just leave? What did you say sure. to make him angry? Um, you know, why did you stay so long? You know, right. like all of those kinds of things. Instead of starting from a place of, I'm concerned about you. I, you know, I wish this wasn't happening for you. How can I help you? What can we do about it? Um, and so absolutely, creating those safe spaces where people can feel like they can disclose what's happening to them and that the person that, that they're sharing that with is going to respond with the care and compassion that they deserve. You know, as we wrap up today's show, maybe talk about ways that people could get in contact with you, your organization, uh, and any other ways that uh, people that are listening today can get involved? Yeah, definitely. We strongly encourage that anybody who is experiencing domestic or sexual violence themselves or know somebody um, who's experiencing domestic or sexual violence, that our 24-7 line um, is the best way to get connected with us because we have advocates that are available 24-7 um, who can start the conversation around options, around safety planning, you know, around um, reducing barriers to, you know, to getting the kind of help that they need. Um, and it is that a supportive person on the other end of the line that we've been we've been talking about and so that phone number is 419-373-1730 and then if you select option two that immediately gets you connected to one of our advocates um, i would also encourage everybody to check out our website um, which is just the cocoon.org um, and it will be down at the bottom of the screen um, and it has all kinds of information about all the different services that we provide um, ways you can get involved um, everything from making financial donations to support our services to volunteering um, and to you know to learning about all the, the upcoming events that we have um, and so it's a great great resource um, and i just want to make sure that i say that you know all of the services that we provide to survivors of domestic and sexual violence are provided at absolutely no cost 
to them. Um, and so, um, you know, we feel that that's really important to make sure that survivors have access to the resources that they need. Um, but that's also why the community support is really important to us so that we can continue to provide those services. Whether you need to utilize these services or you want to contribute in a, in a way to volunteer your time or your treasure to to help to make sure that the cocoon can continue to uh, offer these resources to be committed to the 419 to help those out there who, who need those services. Real easy to get in touch with. Again, that number 419-373-1730 or online, thecocoon.org. And as we talked about earlier in the show, you know, if you are of uh, 72, if you are of that required minimum distribution age and you're feeling charitable and you want to make that have the most impact, figuring out the way to make sure that, uh, you know, organizations like the Cocoon get the most of those donations, that is something the team at America's Retirement Headquarters can help you with as part of the, the tax strategy. Again, uh, making sure that the the charities get the most of it and uh, because Uncle Sam gets less of it. So it's kind of a, a double double benefit there. Uh, reach out to the team at America's Retirement Headquarters. Just go to that website, americasretirementheadquarters.com. want to thank you all for joining us this week. Kathy, want to thank you for taking the time and joining us this week. Uh, here on America's Retirement Headquarters, please uh, have a great week. Please take care of each other out there. And as we wrap up, guys, I want to leave you with the final word. Yeah, great quote to kind of end the week, which is rise above the storm and you will find the sunshine. Have a great week, folks. We'll see you next week, same time right here on Toledo's Largest talk station, 1370 WSBD. America's Retirement Headquarters is located at 1700 Woodlands Drive in Maumee, Ohio. You can reach them by calling 419-794-3030 or online at americasretirementheadquarters.com. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. Investments can fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Nolan Baker is not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency and does not provide legal or tax advice. Please consult with your attorney, accountant, and or tax advisor for advice concerning your particular circumstance. Annuity guarantees rely solely on the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. By contacting us, you may be provided with information about insurance and annuity products offered through Nolan Baker, Ohio Insurance License Number 27787.